We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson... Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's your Thursday, Laurie and Julia show, My Talk 1071, Everything Entertainment. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Holly Roberts has just changed seats. She goes from the captain's chair to the co-pilot or whatever we're calling it today. I don't know, but she's filling in for Laurie today. So thank you, Holly. Julia, you ready? I am so ready. All I was right. born ready. Well, today <laughs> um, we're having great success raising money um, for the people who are suffering from everything to not having a home to supplies to anything in the Bahamas. And so far, we each show has been able to match their $1,500 match that we're getting from one of our um, friends of my talk. We've had uh, people getting it every show. And during our show, we have David at First Equity, who will be matching up to $1,500. So for a lot of people I know want to know, how can I help? Yeah. What can I do? So here's an opportunity. This is really focused. We are working with the Miami um, Diaper. The Miami Diaper Bank. We're Bank. working with them. Yes, yes. we are. And um, so we are going to talk to Gabby right now from the Miami Diaper Bank. But Gabby, how's it going? Hi. Good afternoon, Hi. guys. It's going great. You guys have left me speechless of how this fundraiser is going. I spoke to you guys this morning, and you, most of you guys have already passed everything. We're so thankful. Well, that's yeah. so awesome. So what have, you know, we, I just was reading headlines, the death toll has risen to 23. There's so many homeless people. We've all seen the photos of the devastation in the Bahamas. What, what, you know, we're working with Bahamas Strong. I understand that you're partnering up with. How Correct, so, with Bahamas Strong, as well as our friends from Global Change as well. Right. Can you tell us what a simple, like $20, $25 donation, how far that goes? So for $10, we can get about 58 diapers. And if we're talking about a $20 donation, we can get about 117 diapers because we have a special discount through Jet.com that allows us to purchase these bulk items at a discounted price and drop ship them directly to our partner agencies for them to take right away to the Bahamas. That's so awesome. Have you been hearing any feedback from the Bahamas? Uh, no, I know this morning was the first um, shipment there, um, and I know that things are kind of moving really quickly, and the Bahamian government has extended a 30-day period where they won't be charged any incoming fees or taxes on the goods that are coming to 
the island, but it's just devastating. I, uh, we had Kirsten on this morning from uh, Bahamas Strong, and she just mentioned how much devastation there is in, in the island. Oh, I just can't even imagine. Well, we're so glad to be partnering with you. I know we partnered with you previously on Hurricane Michael. Yes, um, and for Hurricane Irma. Oh, God. Yeah. Gabby, can you speak to the importance about the work of the Miami Diaper Bank and and the kinds of things that you're getting to families in need? Yeah, of course. So Miami Diaper Bank, on a regular basis, we serve South Florida with six counties. There is no government assistance for diapers here in the United States, and it's a basic necessity for babies. So we normally partner with you guys for this um, unfortunate event, but it's good to know that your community is so tied together um, and can raise all these funds to help babies no matter where they are. Um, and diapers are essential. And it's one of the things that babies need the most. And during disaster relief, a lot of people think of water, think of canned foods and things like that, but they don't think of the littlest victims uh, in these disasters, which are the babies. Oh, that's so true. And it would be so miserable to not have your house, your home, anything, and not even have a diaper. We are not so grateful, Gabby, to you and your work, and we're hoping to raise um, some good money. We've got three hours left on the air here today. And um, we are already at $13,155 that we've raised. And uh, we're just getting started. So we hope to bring that number up. Yay. Thanks for your time, Gabby. Thank you so much to everyone participating. It's so great to see all the love and everything that you guys are doing for the Bahamas. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you, Gabby. Thanks, Thanks, Gabby. Gabby. Bye-bye now. Thank you. Bye. So if you want to help out, um, what you need to do is, um, this is the diaper drive for Hurricane Dorian, which has just devastated islands in the Bahamas. Y- truly. And um, you go to mytalk1071.com and you type in keyword diaper and it'll take you right to the drive pages and it'll ask you if you want to donate. You know, um, right now, David at First Equity Mortgage is going to be matching every dollar that you um, donate. So if you give us 10, it'll be 20. If you give us 25, it'll be 50 up to $1,500. All of the other shows have made their matching partners um, donations. So we are really excited and yes. we, we are starting with $380. So people have already been donating. Thank you for that. Yep. And um, we'll be mentioning your names on the air if you want them or you can be anonymous. <laughs> but we really appreciate it. And I'm just thinking of my friends who are listening out state. Shannon, you know who you are. Yeah. Oh, here, okay, here Shannon. We're she's looking at you. We're going to look for your name you know, in the donor timeline. I've got, got Lisa. i got Sophia. Well, I've got some other people out there. It's such an, an easy and accessible way to make a direct difference in the lives of those who are impacted by natural natural disasters like this because a lot of times it can be overwhelming we're in minnesota we're not directly near these places so how can we help well just donating a little bit of money here will directly help those babies who are in need and and david said earlier david from first equity he said that um i'm like how's it going i'm so happy you're doing this and he said anything we can do it's just unbelievable the devastation that's happened down there we live such an le- easy life here. Yeah. And one of the interviews, because on all the morning shows, they had um, people flying into the one, you know, strip of air, uh, airline, um, airport mm-hmm. that people could land at that was open. And everyone was talking to people. And literally, there was this one lady and her husband who had nothing. And she goes, I've been in this dress for four days and starts to cry. Mm. I have nothing but my purse. Yeah. Mm. And just 
was trying to be grateful that she's alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just yeah. some of the different stories that are coming out about this one. Um, Sandra Cook is a resident of NASA, and her sister-in-law was trapped under a collapsed roof mm. for 17 hours. Mm. 17 hours. And yeah. she's fine. They got her. But I mean, and then they had these two little kids. And they said, we don't know, but we want to go somewhere where there aren't storms. This, we can't, this is too scary. Yeah. And I just thought it just sat over them for so long. So, yeah. So anyway, whatever people can do, we really appreciate We've it. gone up $430. So keep the donations coming. Go to mytalk1071.com, keyword diapers. Click on the Lori and Julia show page. That's, you need to click on Lori and Julia. That's where we can get the matching sponsorship from David from First Equity. Again, thank you so much for his generosity mm-hmm. today. And, and it's in once you go keyword diaper you just follow the prompts yep and that's how all that works and when we come back stories we can't get enough of All right, good news, Julia and Holly. The uh, diaper drive for Hurricane Dorian. Uh, we're already up to seven hundred and fifty-five dollars. Wow! So we're uh, so we're up to fifteen hundred dollars total for our show because it's being matched by David. That's right. It'll that's be matched awesome. up to fifteen hundred. So, so if you, you want to help out, thanks, Donnie, for that. Mm-hmm. Um, just go to my talk keyword diaper, and it'll take you to where you donate. You get a receipt, of course, and so you can keep it for your donations, for your taxes, and all that good stuff. But it's really just talking with abby at the miami um diaper bank where really a lot of good is being done and thank you everybody first of all for who's donated today yes you our listeners um always generous always generous and my favorite is you know people all say like we just got done at the fair and people always say you know i don't know you but you don't know me but i know everything about you (laughs) yeah and yeah yeah. they do and i'm like because then they'll start talking i'm like isn't that and, and it used and i'm like yeah i know but you know what if you like me, I know I'll like you. Yeah. So we like everyone who hangs out with us. You know what I mean? Isn't yes. that weird? Because if they get your sense of humor and they kind of get who you are, it's like, yeah, we could hang. We're simpatico. Yes, yes. absolutely. I always think that. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. I know we'd like each other. Yeah. Because <laughs> if, you know, because everyone has different quirks and stuff and then you don't like some personalities and like some others. Well, one thing I like about Wendy Williams is she likes to invent words like I do. Oh, boy. What yes. is she, she saying now? Well, yeah. her latest today <laughs> we'll, we'll is, to is plotative. <laughs> And um, like I will plot on plot, you. Plotitative. Yeah, plotitative. That could go in many different uh-huh. directions. <laughs> and it, which is just a, she, I try to take real words and blend them. Yes. She just makes them up. She just, but I kind of yeah. think we are simpatico there. But she was on The View this morning. Her show comes back on the 16th, the Wendy Williams show. She was on break. And um, here's the first question, kind of like, how you doing, Wendy? In April, you filed for divorce from your husband. Correct. Kevin, after nearly 22 years of marriage. Correct. And uh, And 25 years being together. Being together. Correct. And um, because of his infidelity. Oh, well. Yeah. You know, infidelity is one thing. A full baby is a whole other topic. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you you said in the New York Times Magazine, I'm a very forgiving person, but there's one thing I could never be a part of, and that one thing happened. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, and well, that, and that was it. Yeah, the baby did it. Huh? A baby. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not changing pampers. I want to be pampered. <laughs> I, I, she had a couple of those today. Yeah. She had a couple of those today, and Donnie <laughs> listens to this, and he's barely can breathe. And there's a couple people that when we ask for to get audio, he's like, 
I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. Oh, well, she was working on that line for a long time. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I can relate to her on this next one. Um, She's just kind of, you know, she was with Kev, Kev Sr. for 20 years and then um, married for 20, but together for 25 years. Mm -hmm. So here she is talking a little bit about it. What I loved about what you said in the New York Times Magazine, though, because I'm a child of divorce, and you said, but I will never speak badly about him no. in public. Right, no. And my parents never spoke badly about him. No, I, I save that for when I get back to my bachelorette pad. It, it hurts the children. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's not just about young Kevin. Um, it's about, you know, Kevin's not a bad man, big Kev. He's not a bad man. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but you just can't throw away 25 years yeah. and then start talking about, you know, recklessly about the other person. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, what does that say about you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I right. chose him. Yeah. And he chose me. Yeah, right. That's true. You know, and, and so that's the way it is. And people change. Yeah. People do people change. change. Yeah. And I'm moved. It's now time for me to move on with my life. Yes. There was, I didn't even go back and forth with, oh, do we stay? Maybe there's a marriage counseling or something. No, no. Mm. You do this? Get out! Yeah, that was a very wise observation from Wendy about her relationship and about how, yeah, I chose this person. Well, that's how I've always felt, and that's why I think... It's a two-way street. It is, and that is is one of the nuggets of joy that Joy offered today. Um, She just said, hey, listen, divorce takes two people. Yeah. They, and people are so adamant it's the other person at the beginning. It's all your fault. It's all your yeah, fault. Yeah. It's that you didn't listen to me here and do this right and do that right. And I told you a million times or something. Each side kind of is in their own camp on that one and spreads that. Yeah. Peace of joy with everybody, which is so <laughs> lovely. And then you just come to, hey, I am, I am way 50% into this. This is my fault too. And she did recognize that. I think when she, um, I'm trying to think if the plotative is in this next cut, Donnie, but this is her talking about addiction. A little bit about something else that you often, I guess, mention about you've been addicted to various substances, whatever. I don't really know the details. No, just one. One. Cocaine. Okay. And that, that, that's been so over, it's, it's uh, like over 25 years ago. Like, yeah. at the time I met Kevin was the time for me to make changes in my life. So, so, but you also just moved into what they call a sober house. Well, that was the place to go where you can really plot on the next part of your life mm-hmm. you know like we have when you when you see but 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 you know what without rehab without wine rehab where they take your phone and lock it in a safe so people can't call me yeah. and inject their opinions on my life yeah. because you know it's been a very very difficult time yeah. i couldn't talk to my mom you know, who wants to burden her? Right. I couldn't talk to my sister. Who wants to? And, and most of my girlfriends w- would have said, you should have left him a long time ago. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Okay, but this is this was a weird comment. Yeah. It's rehab without the wine and where you can't use your phone. But, but you know, she was struggling, clearly, with some other things, you know, and she... 
Yes. Kind of admitted she had already taken too many painkillers and that she went out and got drunk the day that she found out that Kevin had the baby. So I, you know, we all, I love it. I love her for this. You can remember things how you want to. Oh, of course. Well, I was going to say, she's kind of having selective transparency about certain issues in her life. It seems that she has moved enough in a certain direction where she can be honest about her relationship with her soon-to-be ex-husband. <laughs> but at the same time, there is still trepidation about perhaps divulging other aspects of her personal life. And at the same time, it's like, well, I don't... Okay, you're putting it all out there. I don't know if I care, but then I kind of do because it's, it's like a half truth. it's a half yeah. truth. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and she does. And, and I guess you know, for me, I was really worried about her. I used to love, love, love her. Yeah, I'm so not into her anymore. Well, you need to explain why. Well, mm-hmm. I think because I feel like she's not telling the truth. Sure. And 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 granted, I haven't been through what she's been through. She's had it, you know. No. But she did say in one of our other cuts, you know, I'm still on the air. You know, 11 years strong. Well, here, she's asked how to approach the season. But for me, it kind of just feels so... Um, when I watch her, I feel like something's not right. Mm-hmm. It, and I don't know if anyone else feels that way. But uh, For me, it's... Sincerity. Yeah, Donnie, something something disingenuous. It I don't does. Know. Well, and do you think it's because her whole brand is like, I'm speaking the truth. I'm going to speak the things that nobody else is going to say. Well, here she talks about that. Great. So she kind of addresses that, Holly. But even after that, I'll be curious. You are about to start season 11. 11. Which, and so you watch us. We watch you leading into our show. Oh. <laughs> I, I do wonder if you're going to approach this season differently based off of what you've been through the last year and how public your life has been. Are you going to think twice about what you say out there? Are you going to be the same Wendy that, we, that we've had I'm for a so long? hard as nails. Mm-hmm. I mean, somebody's got to pay the bills. <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, sorry, Whoopi. I know Whoopi, Whoopi's looking at me crazy. Whoopi? No. I, I, no. Okay. I'm not okay. looking at you crazy. I'm looking at you because I'm thinking, good. You, you have put yourself where you want to be. Yeah. yeah. There, there are a lot of people, though, who want me to, like, all right, so now you're the hot topic. Why don't you be more sensitive or whatever, whatever, whatever. And my thing about celebrity culture is... This is what I love. I've done this for over three decades. Yeah. Why am I going to stop? <laughs> I didn't create this. I'm just swimming it with the sharks. <laughs> if it ain't broke, don't, bro- no. don't fix it. I'm not going to soften when we come back and I hit the ground running on September 16th. Mm-hmm. Yep. Everybody's fair game. Okay. Well, there she goes. Alrighty. But oh. do we? Do you want that as a viewer of the Wendy Williams show? I think what's show? happened with me, because we've been obsessed with celebrities, Lori and I, and all of us. You know, anything entertainment, we love it. I just feel like... Maybe it's time to evolve just a little bit. Just a little bit. And I bit. don't even, I, I just feel more empathy. Uh-huh. I, I don't know. For whom? I, just people. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're more empathetic and you wish maybe Wendy Williams no, was a little more I empathetic. I just don't believe her anymore. Well, and it, it that's a problem. Yeah. Okay, when we come back, we have a very exciting um, Minnesota author and TV writer and Emmy Award winner um, coming on with us. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Oh, you such a mess. Thanks for hanging out with us today, everybody. Um, We are going to um, be raising money all day today. And I just want to let people up, give you an update how we're doing on the diaper drive for Hurricane Dorian. Um, During our show so far, we have raised $830. So that's being matched. So we're up to $1,660 already. David at First Equity Mortgage is going to be matching every dollar that you guys donate. 
through the end of the show up to $1,500. We can certainly get more money than that. We hope to get more money than that. As you know, we are working with the Miami Diaper Bank and Bahama Strong to make sure that we're getting supplies to the people who have just been devastated through with the hurricane and uh, need diapers and wipes yeah. and all the good stuff that goes along with it. So every dollar works. We get, um, you know, they have mass of purchasing power, so we can buy a lot more diapers than you would think. A $20 donation gets 117 diapers. So we hope that you um, can help us out there. Yes. It's keyword diaper at my talk. And be sure to click on Team Lori and Julia. That's where you'll find the matching sponsorship. That's right, because that's when we can match the dollars. You're yes. so right. That was uh, redundant, as we say. Okay, so <laughs> we are going to be talking right now. We have Matt Goldman with us, and um, this his book, The Shallows, is just excellent. But he, you've had other books before that, and you do other things, but I want to let everyone know that this is sponsored. Our book club sponsor is Winding Trail Books, located in Milton Square in St. Anthony Park. And people, you can buy your books local. Yes. So we hope you <laughs> support, support our local bookstore. So nice to meet you, Matt. Nice to meet you. And you have, this is the, is this the third book in your series yes. with Nils? Yes. He's, can you give everybody the setup for the book, The Shallows? Uh, the Shallows, well, Nils Shapiro is a private detective in town. And The Shallows starts when a lawyer is found uh, murdered. He lives on Christmas Lake, and he's tied to his own dock with a fish fishing stringer through his jaw. That's it, how it starts. That's like the first page. Yes, mm-hmm. that's the first page. And then I love him. I love Neil's voice. It's Thank you. It's really what, you know, we haven't read your other two books. Um, mm-hmm. Give us the name of those. Um, Gone the, to Dust, which was your first book, and then you wrote... And a, then Broken Ice. And is that with Nils as well? Yeah, those are both with Nils. They Gone are. to Dust introduces Nils. Okay. Uh, a woman is found murdered in Edina. Hold your applause. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, her body and the house is covered in the dust and dirt of hundreds of vacuum cleaner bags. And there's so much stray forensic evidence and all that stuff that they have to bring in a, a consultant to help them. They can't solve it in the lab. And that's Neil Shapiro. And that introduces him. Okay. That is such a wild concept. First of all, I want to know what you were doing that night. Yeah. Holy it, cow. Is that's that all crazy. on the first page of Gone to Dust? That is uh, pretty much on the first page of Gone to Dust. Yeah. Okay. So what is always fun for us, we interview a lot of authors and have about one a week. And what's fun for Lori and I always and Holly is when there's a Minnesota connection. Mm-hmm. And we have so many amazing writers in Minnesota. So many. And yeah. this book, The Shallows, is a standalone book. Um, you don't. I didn't read your past right. with Nels, but I want to know him. His voice is quirky. It's fast. I love. We're at the West End. We're out at Lake Minnetonka. We're over at Christmas Lake. I mean, it just feels. Do you feel that way when you you know? Yeah, I. You know, uh, most of my career has been in Hollywood as a television writer. Mm-hmm. So uh, when I started writing Gone to Dust in 2015, it published in 2017. Some of it I was here for, but a lot of it I was there, and I love it here. And so I, I just loved writing about here when I couldn't be here. Well, that's yeah. that's like a great thing. And I understand that The Shallows is going, it's so fast. I just, it's fast. It's great. Every page. He reminded me of a little bit of a Columbo. You know, Nels right. is a little bit of a Columbo-like character, but a sexy, sexy, good-looking Columbo. But wearing Stan Smith Adidas, right? Yeah. So he wears- updated. He's kind of a sexy <laughs> yes. Columbo. You get yeah. both. Y- you do. Yeah. Yes. He, you know, part of part of writing about Minnesota is dealing with Minnesota nice. So you can't have... 
these big head-breaking PI tough guy characters. It just doesn't work here. Like if you're not polite enough to work your way in and have a conversation with people, they're not going to give you any information. So, so he is, he's a Minnesotan Nils and he has to play by Minnesota rules. I love him. All right. So, and I understand the shallows, is that going to be optioned for a TV show well, or I'm, is it the whole series? The whole series is I'm in conversations with somebody right now about taking that to television. Okay. So you went to the university of Minnesota and yep. you did stand up comedy. Yes. How'd that go? It went great. Uh, it went great for my career. I personally did not love it. I did uh -huh. not like being on stage. I liked the writing part. So when I, uh, after I graduated, I got in my dented up Ford Escort, Escort and drove out to L.A. and it worked out as a TV writer. Yeah. And and so was one of your first jobs the Seinfeld show? Yeah, that was my first big job. And so what was that experience like? Well, it it's different. You know, I was there in the very beginning. Sure. So, uh, so it was just uh, a writer named Pat Hazel and me and Larry and Jerry, and that was it. And so we didn't know the show was going to become the mega hit. It became, sure. it was really an interesting education for me about the importance of voice and vision because Larry and Jerry had it and they stuck with it. Mm -hmm. And NBC hated that show in the beginning. Well, it was not successful, I remember, in the ratings at all. Well, it... it not right away right. it wasn't, but but in the from the very beginning, you know, they wouldn't let Larry David go to meetings at the network because he was too volatile. They were all afraid of him. <laughs> so they would bring me just to yeah. have it. And I was 26 years old. Sure. You know, I was just a baby writer. So I would just sit there and keep my mouth shut and watch. And NBC really pushed Jerry to change that show. And he very calmly and politely said, nope, we're not changing it. Cancel the show if you don't want to do it but we're not changing it my favorite always is it's a show about nothing and when people always would ask about our show donnie what would we say it's a show about nothing, nothing. Yeah, there you go <laughs> but you but, took that lesson of being really secure in your characters and took that into your career and into your work as a novelist right yes it's all about characters yeah and and by the way i don't think seinfeld everybody says that was a show about nothing i think it was a show about selfishness oh yeah because those are the most Selfish characters on earth. I love that. And they just, but they act on it. That's mm -hmm. what makes it funny. Absolutely yeah. hysterical. But we all can identify with that that base instinct they have. Do you still have a good relationship with those dudes? Yes, all of them. Yeah. I've worked with Julia on a few things. I think I'm closest to her. Uh, and I've talked to Jason quite a few times and I run into Larry and Jerry yeah. once in a while. Yeah. yeah. You know, mm -hmm. if you're just joining us, we're with Matt Goldman. His latest book is The Shallows and it's the third in a series, but you can just pick that one up as we did. And you've got a fourth one coming out, Dead West. Yeah. In that book, I actually send Nils to Los Angeles. Oh, no. Yeah. The prem this el elderly couple who lives on Summit Avenue. Mm hmm. Uh, very wealthy. Their grandson just turned 30 and got his trust fund and went to L.A. And they're worried he's going to blow it investing in the movie <laughs> business. So they send Nils out there. And I lived in Los Angeles on and off for 30 years. And it never felt like home. And I really wanted to have Nils go show Experience Los Angeles that. from my point of view. And so having that Minnesota perspective of Los Angeles. Yes. And having him, Nils, look at this big, huge city through his eyes. Yeah. Because the, the rules are different. The rules are totally different. And his Minnesota nice just didn't work very well there. He had to change his, change his game plan. Did you have to do that, Matt? Uh, I tried. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
I don't know how successful I was. I mean, I've had a nice career you out there. You have had a nice career. I'll continue to do some television work, uh, but I really love writing novels, and I really love being here. And so, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, I completely had to change. Do you think that um, the difference between writing for a TV show versus writing a novel, is it just this is more your own, you can own it, you can be for, you can create it from the beginning to the middle v- to the end? Very much so. You know, in TV, uh, when you have a TV show on the air, first of all, you have a production which involves about 200 people. Which just, then yeah. there's a studio usually and a network. So to get everybody on the same page, it's it's a it's it's a tremendous amount of work that isn't writing. Mm-hmm. So sure. and, it's a lot of and, politicking. And it's a lot of that mm-hmm. and getting everyone on board and getting outlines approved and story ideas approved and edits approved and. And and bringing people to rehearsals and showing them run-throughs and everyone has notes on that and it's it's a miracle any work, good work gets done ever, but uh, but novel writing is, I think is heaven. Yeah. Oh, I love that. All right, if you're just joining us, we're with Matt Goldman. Um, Matt, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I want to know about um, you know a writer. The difference between the pay equity between men and women, a big case just happened with the women, female writer from Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah. I just kind of want to get your perspective on that. And then the, you know, the Wizards of Waverly Place, is it going to come back? How oh, we got to talk about gotta... Selena Gomez. I yes. mean, and more, and more, <laughs> learn more about you. This is just okay. a treat for us. All right. You're listening to Lori and Julia. This is on My Tech 1071. And listen, we are collecting donations. Right now for Hurricane um, Dorian, we're doing the diaper drive. You can just go to my talk keyword diaper, and for every dollar that you donate, it is being matched right now by David at First Equity. So it's a perfect time to donate right now. Our team is sitting at nine hundred and five dollars, and that is all being matched. We have a long way to go, people, and we would just appreciate your help. We'll be right back. Probably think that you are better now. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Again, we just hope if you're feeling generous or want to teach maybe your children how to how to be generous oh. and donate, you can go to mytalk1071.com. We are um, collecting funds for um, to give diapers and supplies to um, families in need in the Bahamas that have been affected by Hurricane Dorian. You just go to mytalk, keyword diapers. We are at $925, so we have a ways to go. We would love it if you... Um, would like to donate even $10, $20. Well, it's going to be matched up to $1,500 yeah. by David from First Equity. So your donation is going to be doubled simply by donating right now. Right. And when you go in the donation, um, you start going in. It's very easy to use. Just make sure you click on the Lori and Julia show so those funds are going to be matched. Now, we are meeting a very exciting person, Matt Goldman, who is uh, from Minnesota, lived in LA for 30 years, came back to Minnesota and is writing amazing novels, um, with this great character, Nils Shapiro. Yes. Um, detective stories. And, um, welcome. 
Matt. And it's yes, just sir. Matt, not Matthew. It's just, just Matt. It's just I simple. never went the Matthew. You never you went never the full Matthew? name thing. You no. didn't go formal? Never. When, no. When you, when you were stand-up, were you Goldman no. or Goldie or anything no, else? No. Nothing? When I was a kid, people called me Goldie. I yeah. believe yeah. Goldie Locks. Yeah. yeah, I believe. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. So you, um, you know, have been, you wrote in Hollywood for a very long time. Yeah. And we just read a story about that should be right in front of me. And, of course, I don't have it in front of me. The woman that... Um there was a co-writer on Crazy Rich Asians, yes. and she decided to quit because of pay disparity. And mm-hmm. her thing was that she hadn't written a feature motion picture before. Adele Lim. Yeah, Adele Lim. She was a TV writer. Right. And she said that she wasn't getting paid fair enough compared to her co-writer, who had written several major motion pictures and this is something this is something and i know right. you probably don't want to touch this at no all. that's fine but but <laughs> I, uh, let's stir it up union talk right, right but, Matt? But what her what her issue was is she was brought in to write the second crazy rich asian she helped out a little bit on the first one but peter chirelli um is getting paid a lot more but he was right. the original writer and so when she found out how much more money he was making than her mm-hmm. she decided to quit and i completely understand people come in with different experience levels yeah and that's natural but her point is when she found out it was such a huge gap like she's making a hundred thousand he's making uh close to a million dollars and mm-hmm. they're both putting in the same hours sure. mm-hmm. and they're not going to have her be the key second writer if she's not good so she quits. He right. offers them to give her part half of his salary. The studio doesn't come forward with anything, and she still says no. Well, um, I, this is the first time hearing of this story. Okay. But uh, the way things work in Hollywood is you uh, you you build up what's called quotes. So so when you're when you're starting out, your quote is low. Sure. And and. That can change if you write something on spec, like you you just sit at home and write it, and then it goes out into the marketplace. It will sell for whatever it sells for. But if you're a writer for hire being brought in to work on an existing project, mm-hmm. you basically will get your quote plus a little bit more. And people build up their quotes over time. So a beginning writer to get a hundred thousand dollars, which I know sounds like a crazy amount of money to normal people, um, that's fairly standard. And for someone who has a long track record of successful movies to get a million is fairly standard. Do you think the pay disparity, though, between ethnic men and, men and women is and ethnic folks is different? There has definitely been a pay yeah. disparity yeah. in those for both based on gender mm-hmm. and on ethnicity. Yeah. And it is slowly getting better. Mm-hmm. Slowly. Was it hard? Did you ever have this happen where you were working with women that you didn't... I'm putting you on the spot, man. No, it's I don't fine. mean to. But when you're working... I mean, you worked on Ellen, on the Ellen show, and yeah. you were you were, you wrote... Were you part of writing the episode when she came out? Yes. Um, I mean, there were female writers on that staff, weren't yeah, there? Yeah, and I don't know what people's salaries were, right. but when I came in, um, you know, before I worked on Ellen, I worked with a woman named Diane English who had created Murphy Brown. I love and then mm-hmm. the show yeah. I worked on, which was called Love and War. And she was, a fan, and still is a fantastic writer and a very powerful producer. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't see those pay disparities in the little shows I worked on. Right, okay. And then when I got to Ellen, I mean, I, again, I don't know everyone else's salary, but that sure. we had 14 writers on that show. It was quite diverse uh, as far as sexual orientation. Sure, okay. Not racial 
but Ellen was definitely making the most money of anyone. And yeah. then that show was very mixed between men and women. Right. And and I and I know that. And when I worked on it, one year it was ran by two women, and the other year it was ran by a man and a woman. And I'm sure that they were paid the same thing. Right. So uh, otherwise, I would have heard about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, um, so so those things are slowly getting better. Right. But there but there were built in. Uh, there was a built-in old boys network sure. for a long time. Do you feel like it's crumbling though? Like kind of. It is. Yeah. Uh, it it it's uh, a couple things are helping it crumble. One is Me Too. So yep. some big powerful people are deservedly getting knocked down. Mm -hmm. The other is there's a bazillion networks now. So there's a place for these other voices Absolutely. to exist and shine. Right. And. You know, a show like Atlanta never would have found a home ten mm -hmm. years ago, but now it's like, oh, there's that's the best comedy on TV. Yeah. So, so it's 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 a combination of old things being broken down by things like Me Too, and then just that more voices are getting out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where, mm -hmm. if you're just joining us, this is Matt Goldman. His book, The Shallows. I don't know if you had time to read it. I don't even know if we gave you a copy, Holly. Did you? Yes, I read the shallows. Oh. Yes, I, yeah. Thank <laughs> you, Julia. Well, I, I read the book. Know. I told you I read the book. I'm not listening to everything. I've got Dory. Okay, going you've got filters. Yes, going on. Well, my question with the shallows, uh, Matt, was when you wrote the first book, Gone to Dust. Did you uh, conceive this as being a book series, as cultivating and developing the characters, Neil Shapiro, as someone you wanted to hang around with and develop through multiple books? Yeah, I hoped it would be a series. Yeah. And and, and, you know, I'm a big believer, like, in series television, people really come back every week for the characters. Right. Yes. And especially in episodic TV, where it's not, where there's a new story every week. Mm -hmm. They'll ride through a not great story, to because they love the characters. I mean, Seinfeld's a perfect example. I mean, in the beginning, they were all waiting for a table at a Chinese restaurant or uh, looking for a car in a parking garage. And then it got to the point where one character w lied to a woman and said he was a marine biologist, so she'd go out with him. And another character hit a golf ball into the ocean and it landed in a whale's spout, and then the whale washed up, and somebody said, is there a marine biologist here? And you and you don't think it's stupid. You buy it because yeah. you love the characters. Right. And so I hoped it would become a series. And when my publisher... Uh, bought Gone to Dust, they thought it would be a series too, so they asked for, let's see a second book. And when mm -hmm. they saw that, they asked for two more. So there's going to be at least four of them. It, and that's so good. Um, we just give it thumbs up. We, it was our oh, first introduction. Yeah. Do you, what, who do you love to read? Um, it, it, you know, I read, I came to crime fiction relatively late. I was mm -hmm. kind of literary, a literary fiction snob. Okay, I don't sure. know why I was so right. So you were I, like Jonathan Friends and he's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well he, he the corrections was yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Purity. Eh. Yeah. Um, but freedom, I really liked. Anyway, mm -hmm. uh, so I read a combination of crime fiction and then I, like the thing I just finished was The Goldfinch. Ah. Uh, cause I wanted <gasps> to read that before the movie comes out. And did you love it? I did love it. Oh, and it's crime fiction. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it, there's so much that makes that book crime fiction. So crime fiction is kind of this made up genre. Uh, it, so marketers and booksellers know mm -hmm. where to shelve books. And so many female authors are having such a great, great run right now. Great run. Yeah, we're yeah. reading the new Ruth Ware. She wrote mm -hmm. The Woman in Cabin 10 and um, her new one is... It's twisty. It's kind of ghost story. It's, oh, really? It's, it's the key in the room or something like that. Turn of the key. <laughs> the turn of the key. I yeah, never yeah. can get our... We've always got a bunch going. Yeah. A really great book that we just read is The Chain. 
Oh, yeah, by uh, Alex. Alex. Yeah, Andrew, uh, what's his name, Donnie? It's uh, McGinty? Yes. yes. Yeah. And he had that, you know, he had quit writing. Yes. And then, uh, what's his name, Dan, Don Winslow? Don Winslow's agent, Shane Salerno, yes, found it. Yeah, 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 they, yeah, yeah. yeah, and they, yeah, good for him. It's great. I have not read that one yet, but it, I hear it's fantastic. It, it's fantastic. Yeah. He was on a couple of weeks ago. It's great. great. So, as far as the very, so you finished The Goldfinch. Yes. Oh, I had <laughs> such a hard time getting into that when I gave up. It, I I gave up when it first came out, mm -hmm. and I gave it another chance mm -hmm. just now, and then and so yeah. Once you get in, you get in. Matt, do you see yourself writing any more books outside of Neil Shapiro? Well, yes. I I wrote a historical novel that takes place in 1922 in St. Paul, mm -hmm. and that's going out to publishers right now. Great. Oh, cool. Yeah. And is it historical fiction? Yes. Oh, fun! I love those. All right. So delighted to meet you. Very nice to meet We're gonna you. We're going to be reading you. The book is The Shallows. We're going to be watching. I hope you're a friend of our show. You yes, come absolutely. Come on often and just talk about stuff. Anytime. Really delightful to meet you. Again, folks, if you are feeling generous and um, have 20 extra dollars, we would love it if you would help us out with our diaper drive. It is being matched right now. Every dollar that you donate is being matched by David at First Equity Mortgage. We are up to a little under $1,000. That's right. We've still got some matching money, and we would just love anything that you feel like you could donate. It's all for a good cause, and it's simple to do. Just go to my talk keyword diaper. We'll be right back after um, the headlines. Yeah, we got to take a little break.